Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Super Tea Podcast Show. So, the topic today is parenting. I feel like this is a very important topic because parents play such an important role in their children's lives. And although they have all these wonderful books now... <laughs> there is no cookie cutter way to deal with your child. You know, you can get tips, you can get um, even experience, but each child is different and you have to really be in tuned to effectively parent. And you have to be mindful of what you're actually tuning into. So, first and foremost, in my opinion, I feel that you must have a solid spiritual grounding and practice your spirituality in a consistent way. I feel having that grounding will give you the insight to parent in an effective way. And I believe that parents, as parents, because I am a parent, that we share the same goal, which is to support our children and being and becoming the best human beings that they possibly can be. Now, some parents are very specific in what that means, meaning like, say there's a family of law enforcement and, you know, the mom's been in it, the dad's in it, the grandparents are part of it, and they like, hey, this is what we do, so this is what you're going to do also as a child. And they promote that as a child. And sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't work because our children are individuals. So ultimately, it is up to them what they decide to do with their adult lives. However, I think even at the core of that is to push them and support them in being the best person that they can possibly be. Now, my parenting skills is a mixture of old school (laughs) with new school. Um, And that's pretty much how I actually was parented. My first formidable years, I was raised with a great aunt who was in her late 70s, turned into her 80s. And so I got that old school down south upbringing. Speak when you're spoken to, which was one of my biggest challenges as a younger person. Um... And just very structured, very disciplined. Um, Corporal punishment was certainly a part of um, my upbringing. And so I thought that was normal. You know, a a lot of people in my community thought it was normal too. We didn't realize, I didn't realize until I got much older. That corporal punishment actually stemmed from slavery. You know, and once I realized that, I was already well into being a parent because I started the journey of parenting at a very young age. 
And when I realized that I had already not only been enduring corporal punishment as a part of my marriage, but I was applying it and thinking that it was okay for my son to endure it as well. And when I realized that it wasn't, you know, we were approaching um, preteens, adolescents, and there was a few traumatic things that happened in my family. One being my, my youngest child going into a diabetic coma in her sleep without a prior diagnosis. So just imagine waking up as a parent with your youngest child laying next to you unresponsive. You know, um, that took a toll on my family. And I immediately went into super mom mode, which was me not expressing any type of emotion in that immediate moment because my oldest child was there and I felt like if I got weak or expressed, you know, how I was truly feeling that it would have hurted him. You know, he would have he would have gotten weak and you know, I really just didn't know what to do but to be strong for him. And then we were separated, um, like right during that whole process. And, you know, they were looking at the condition of the apartment, which was a complete mess. Had two very young children. They both had graduated that week. You know, single mom just recently out of an abusive relationship and a very tight quarters. And I was parenting different at that time, you know, um, although there was structure, you know, I allow my children to play freely throughout the house. They didn't really have a designated area to play or have their toys in. It was a small one bedroom flat and, you know, hey, be free, you know, run around, play, do what you want to do. You know, um, of course, you know, that just didn't look well. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it was it was it was very it's a very challenging time, you know. However, I got through it. You know, I was able to be reconciled with my son. Um, to this day, I haven't pursued a lawsuit against um, the agencies, and I probably still have um, an opportunity to do that. But again, as a parent, my focal has been just with my surviving child and he has had a lot of challenges in between then and now Um, he got involved in the drug scene and that has been further challenges for the family Um, economically we were for many years um, underneath the the poverty line and you know um, it's been a very it's been challenging you know we've stayed at homeless shelters we've um just experienced a lot in between then and now and now he is as society would say an adult however um he has regressed back to um juvenile things and the process of him healing you know, and um, right now he is at a mental health facility getting the help that he needs. 
and I'm still pushing forward. Um, his dad was not consistently involved in his life, but he's been reaching out and I have been actively seeking mentorship. But I just realized this morning, you know, that I, I took some, there was some error. There was some error in my ways. Um, there was a, a perfect opportunity for mentorship for him. And I saw that. I, I, I saw that and I tried to keep him involved. But then I seen more, you know, I saw I became enamored with the with the mentor, you know, and instead of focusing on just having this mentor be there for my son, I was like, hey, you know, I'm divorced. <laughs> You're single. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> and um, I'm chuckling about it, but it really isn't a chuckling matter because I feel I feel really disappointed that I missed that. But at the same token, I appreciate the fact that I'm able to see it now, you know, and I bring that up because I feel like God is always present. Sometimes we shut God out and we cannot really hear God clearly because of our own perceptions, but God is always present. And recently during this this time that we're in right now, I've been drawing even closer to God and been praying more and I've been I can't say I've been meditating, but I can say that I have been certainly more open and receptive to divine intervention and divine um, intuitive actions and they have they have proved miraculous in my life and in my son's life right now um, it's no accident that he is where he is right now getting the care that he's getting right now those things are no accident at all and I'm so grateful to God that God led me here you know and I'm grateful to God for revealing to me where as a parent, you know, I I was an error, you know, and I feel like me realizing and taking responsibility and accountability for that allows the space and opportunity for my son to do the same in his life to be more, more seamless, you know, more easier for him I had to be like you know what this is not about me right now this is about his healing and I will do what it takes to facilitate that to make sure that that space is there for him so that as he is doing it and as he is ready he has the space to do it in and it's a safe space for him to do it in you know so although I had some some hang-ups with his biological father not being there not being consistent not being a financial support I had to put that to the side because I'm like you know what my son is reaching out to this individual um, I feel this individual is still healing themselves you know but you know it doesn't cost anything to make a phone call you know what I mean those are these are things that are free and if him talking to him will benefit him then I need to, 
you know, be open and I need to communicate with him and I need to, you know, keep him in the loop so that he can be supportive to his son. And so, you know, I got past my hangups, you know, I forgave him, the past is gone. And I said, you know what, but how about now? Let's talk about now. You know, so I explained to him the different things because while my son was separated from me, he was sexually abused, he was physically abused, and I have to also point out that when he was with me and we had just came from my abusive relationship and we were settled in this little pad, my foolishly generous heart allowed a family member to come and reside with us with their lover and I was foolish I was mid-twenties at the most and I'm figuring you know this is my family you know it's okay you know love is love I was all into the modern culture way of living not realizing I have these little sponges around me I have my children who are sponges and these people I was not spiritually grounded I don't know what entities they they came with but I allowed those entities into my home and the first incident of abuse was not at the um when he was separated the first incident of abuse happened in the home with a family relative and I didn't know about it until after the second ha- event had happened when um, this individual fully penetrated my son and you know it was it was not easy to deal with at all it was not easy to deal with so my solution was you're safe now and these people can never the relative can never come and live with us again and you will never be around anyone else to do that or harm you and that was that was my my recourse and it was not the appropriate recourse now in hindsight i feel the appropriate recourse would have been immediately to seek counseling to deal with this you know not to deal with it how I dealt with things because I also went through inappropriate things at a as a young age you know at a very very young age and with adults (laughs) with adults who were who were family members and I dealt with it by just getting away from them after a while and just never looking back Um, I'm going to be completely transparent without exposing anybody's, you know, personal information. But I remember I was about 14, 14, 15 years old. And um, my aunt's husband was, was having relations with me. This was a this was a grown man. And, you know, he, he he came on to me and I just went with it. You know, my my father wasn't there. And, you know, my relations with the guys around my age were 
that's what they were based on, you know. So I can't say that I did not know that it was wrong, you know, because I did. But my pain at that time, my my perception at that time was I don't want to feel the pain. I don't want to feel the pain of rejection. You know, this person is showing me attention. They're giving me money. And honestly, it felt good. You know, it felt good, even though it was wrong. And I put that ahead of my morality. And, you know, I, I took blame for it, you know. Um, and that's why I never really spoke about it, you know. But the older I got, of course, I was a teenager. <laughs> the older I got, I, I realized the severity of it because why as a adult man would you come on to a teenage a teenager not even an older teenager 14 15 that's under 16 you know what I'm saying why would you you know um do that and I saw like something's wrong here, you know, and this is this is not right. This is not normal. I saw the person later on in life and I was they still were trying to come on to me like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, how dare you? You know what I mean? And I, and I made um, comments like you're my uncle and da, 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 da. they're like, I'm not your uncle. You know, and it was like they still didn't see anything wrong with it. And the ironic part is that they have daughters, you know, they have daughters. But none of that played a part. None of that played a part in their decision making. It was like they saw a nice shape. It didn't matter that that shape was attached to a, a child. It was like, oh, you already have sex, so why not fuck me too? Instead of, you having sex? Are you protecting yourself? Do you, you, your body is something precious. You should not allow, you know, these young boys or anyone to... It was none of that. <laughs> None of that. I don't. I don't think I got that from any man growing up as a young child, and and that's unfortunate. I know it now, you know, but I definitely had no clue then, you know. So, um, I I that's how I dealt with it. I dealt with it just just removing myself and I thought that was the best way to deal with my sons you know but it wasn't you know it was first of all it was not the same type of thing you know even with the relative although the relative called themselves being I guess not aggressive with it they should have never even entertained those actions you know and because they weren't aggressive, because they tried to make it seem like, oh, okay, to my 10-year-old son, you know, if you like it, I'll keep going. If you don't, I'll stop. And it's like, why would you even introduce that to him? You know what I mean? And this this person is actively um, in the LGBT community, and they were in their early 20s, but still, you're an adult. You know, why? Why would you entertain being sexually with a 10-year-old as an adult? You know, it's wrong. It's wrong. And I separated. I didn't talk to this person for years. And then through my renewed um, spirituality, 
I had to start forgiving, you know, and I, I couldn't hold and carry things, and I started letting things go and started forgiving, and I even reconnected back with them, you know. However, we never had that discussion, you know, um, out loud and verbally. Um, but they were not the same individual, you know. It's ten years had passed, and you know, they 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 had also done a lot of healing as well, you know. And I thought it was okay to still have or to build a new relationship with this person and I don't feel like it was okay now you know I don't feel like it was okay although 10 years passed and they had changed and I had forgiven them and I had grown because during those 10 years my son did his very best to escape that situation and to escape the subsequent situation where somebody fully penetrated him as a child through drugs. And he struggled to escape that and other abuse that he experienced for so many years. And as I healed and as the other person healed and as we grew, he stayed stuck. And I just was unaware because of the dynamics of the abuse that he was now putting on himself through his choices, you know. Um, I didn't know. I had never dealt so deeply with addiction so close to me, you know. Um, and it was very challenging, you know. People had so many things to say, you know. Well, you know, they'll get help when they're ready. And they'll do this and they'll do that and, you know, blah, 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 blah this, that, and the other. And so I, I was taking the information that was presented to me, you know, they was you done this and you done that. And they're telling me all that I'm doing as if it's supposed to have a, a limit on it. <laughs> but there's no limit. As parents, we have to have balance in our lives. But there is no limit to what we will do for our children. You know, and so people were telling me to walk away. He's over 18 now. He has to be ready. He has to do this. He has to do that. And I just could not, you know, I could not stop being supportive. And, you know, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still being supportive. And right now, it got very challenging and I had to, I'm glad actually that I'm spiritually grounded because I'm open now to receive the direction and it's a day by day thing, literally, you know, um, it's like I, I have the intuit, the intuition comes, okay, do this, and I do it, and it, it just works out. And I, sometimes I don't see beyond a day. Sometimes I see a few days ahead, but, you know, 
I wanted to get up here and talk about parenting because I don't know who else is going through something similar. I don't know who else who has been through this. I don't know who else just as a parent need to know and trust their intuition and and get regrounded in God and, and prayer and use their their minds and their mouth to speak and to see the very best for their child even when the child is showing the very worst (laughs) and to push 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 through just like you know birth you know just like birth you know now I know not every woman pushes out um, vaginally you know but every woman knows what birth is, you know, and there gets to be a point in your child's life where they may be having difficulties and you have to continue to push forward. Whether I compare it to vaginal birth, I compare it to vaginal birth because that has been my experience, you know, and that's what is happening now. I'm like, okay, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm not giving up. You know, he's hanging up the phone on me, he's mad at me. He's he was cursing at me he's not cursing at me anymore you know but I'm pushing and I'm not gonna stop pushing and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna follow my intuition and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna you know make sure that we have the support that we need to get through this you know and I'm pushing 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 and I know once once it is birthed you know once your child is birthed whatever you're pushing for in life is in fruition then you have to nurture it you don't just push and let it go (laughs) you nurture it and you make sure they have the nutrition that they need you know and with women who have not given vaginal birth the same thing the same thing I think it's a little different you know but I can certainly um, place the metaphor of your experience with childbirth also with parenting you know you you couldn't push you know so you needed assistance somebody had to actually numb you and cut you but you still in your mind had to have hey this is a healthy baby coming right now you still in your mind as you heal they sold you up and you're literally in pain see with vaginal birth you're not in pain afterwards after the baby's out boop, the pain is gone you're gonna bleed a bit but you're not hurt you're not feeling no no pain no i didn't i i can't speak for every mother who vaginally delivered but i felt no pain after the baby was born none whatsoever however with a c-section you're in pain and while you're in pain you still have to do the same thing as a vaginal delivery mother has to do you still have to nurture you still have to um protect and make sure this baby is getting the nutrients that they need the love that they need cleaning the baby up when the baby makes a boo because the baby can't do it for themselves you know you got to do it for them you know until they are able to you know as they learn able to do it for themselves and so that's what parenting is you know there is no limit you know society will tell you okay at 21 they're adults nah it really all depends it all depends and as a parent you know you know if your child is ready 
for adulting and adulthood. Even if they may be telling you they're not, you know if they are. And even if they tell you that they are, you know if they're not. This age thing that society has created, mm, it, I don't know what to say about it. I don't know what to say about it. It it, it can help and it can make things more challenging. However, as a parent, what we do with challenges is we get through them so that our children can get through them. And we do what it takes. We do what it takes. Right now, there's so much going on in the world. And as parents... Our loads have gotten a little heavier, you know, because our support systems have been either virtualized or, <laughs> you know, quarantined and or distant. And, you know, we have to continue to still effectively promote and support healthy human beings you know that's our responsibility as parents you know so to all the parents who are listening and to all the parents who are newly parents in my opinion it's very easy um, when they're babies you know but it gets more challenging and it's best to be prepared you know where you live plays a part who you are around plays a part. Who you are allowing to come around, you know, it all plays a part. You know, where your child goes to school at, um, where your pediatrician is, who your pediatrician is. This all plays a part. I mean, seriously, seriously. My Both of my children were at the pediatrician a week before my daughter passed away. Both of them were cleared for camp. Get what I'm saying? When there are more people, it's more congested, and the doctors are overwhelmed, you get less care. That is the reality of living in an overcrowded city. That's the reality. You need to know that when you choose to start a family. When you have already started a family, you need to look into that. It's not as simple as just having a roof over your head and food in your stomach and clothes in your back. Those are the bare minimum basics. Your child care, your pediatrician care, your the schooling, the education, all of that plays a part. And if you were not able to plan accordingly before conception and before giving birth guess what? You still have a few years to get it together before they're actually in school. Now, pediatrician-wise, no. You're going to have to get on that immediately. But as far as education, as far as living conditions and things of that sort, you you need to adjust it. You need to adjust it unless you have a large network and a large family where, you you know, your people is everywhere, eyes are everywhere, watching over that precious gift of God, your child, then you need to be conscious and 
do whatever it takes to put them in the best environment that they can be in and to stay there. You live and you learn. You know, there there are basics, but then there are these other situations where it's not basic anymore. You're literally just taking it day by day, but you're still seeing miracles each and every day. And that is my reality right now. Right now, is I'm, what I'm experiencing is nothing short of a miracle. And, you know, I see now that everything that I have experienced is gives me the authority to not only speak on these matters, but to encourage and empower others who are going through similar experiences. And... I know the same is true for my son. You know, I knew it from the very beginning, you know, where I discovered what he was doing. And I knew I was like, oh, wow, God, you're going to use him in such a mighty, marvelous way. You know, I just didn't know what the details were going to be like in between and how challenging it would for him and for me you know I mean I've grown in areas beyond where if anyone would have told me 10 years ago yeah, your, your child is going to speak to you this way and they're going to still have all their teeth in their mouth I would be like <laughs> negative <laughs> maybe they're going to get replacements but <laughs> not going to be the original ones <laughs> no way but As hurtful as it might have been to go through the verbal bashing and the the different behaviors that he was displaying, I know it was coming from a, a place of unwellness. So you wouldn't be upset someone who's sick to be expressing sick symptoms you know and so therefore no yes it may hurt you know you may it's like somebody throwing up somebody might have an upset stomach a loved one you know you're right there next to them and the puke gets on you you may not be like, oh, yay, I got throw up on me. But then you're also not going to be like, what the heck? You know what I'm saying? I mean, initially you may respond like that. But if you, this is your loved one, you know, it's not a stranger. It's, it's different. It's different than your, when it's your loved one. You're going to be like, oh, my God, you're not feeling well. Let's clean this up off of me. Let's. Are you okay? Let me do what I can do to help you. Hey, let me give you a bucket. You know, let me maybe even take some distance from you. But I'm still here for you. I'm going to check on you. I'm going to get you feeling better. That's what the experience is right now for me. Um, it's like, okay, you've thrown up on me. Not physically, but definitely energetically. Definitely spiritually. Definitely just bleh. 
you know, of all this hate, all this animosity. Okay, I get it. It's it's your pain. It's it's your pus. Your your metaphoric pus coming out of you. This is a good thing. It may not feel good to me in the moment. It may not smell good, may not look good to me or others who happen to witness it. However, I know by the Spirit of God and through the Spirit of God, this is a good, healthy thing. You are, you are, he is actually letting go of stuff, you know? He is actually letting go. And to get him into a space where there is extra support, which is where he is now, it's like, good, you know, good. These people really care, you know, even though they're off for the weekend. <laughs> There's nobody there for the weekend. I mean, there's the people that's actually there working, the nurses. And I appreciate them. And that's a good thing, you know. But, um, yeah, this is, this is just my experience, you know. And I'm just sharing with you, my listeners, because... It's important. We are all here together on this one blue and green and multicolored planet. And as its inhabitants and as the highest intellectuals on here, we must take accountability and responsibility and share with each other as we learn new things so that we can start implementing these new things and we can start becoming better and supporting and assisting each other in becoming better because healing is so important it's so important and sometimes we don't get to heal before life happens to us however we can still heal in the process of life We need to stop and pause and get to the root of whatever it is that's happening and get beyond it through healing. And I know that is one of my purposes here. I wasn't really clear about it. I mean, I I knew, you know, I knew. I just thought, you know, it was going to be through certain avenues, you know, like my singing, you know, um, my cafe, you know, like everything is is based on that with its core. My core is health and wellness, you know, that's the core of everything that I do. But I just realized this this past week that talking also is an avenue for that for me. Now, when I started my podcast, I started it because my friend told me about it and I love to talk. I had no idea that, first of all, podcasting was going to become such a huge thing. (laughs) I had no idea. And I had no idea that what I had to say was so important and motivating to people, you know, but I'm seeing it now. I had a conversation with this lovely mother and, you know, it was so good. I feel like it was therapeutic for us both. You know, I, I don't I don't even feel like it. I know it was therapeutic for us both, which was like some new shit. <laughs> 
at least for me, you know what I mean? It was like, hey, I'm doing this for me, you know, and like right before I started it, I got a phone call from the medical facility. And so it was like, you know, I have different modes. I tell people all the time, please don't get offended if I'm in my corporate mode or if I'm in my work mode because I'm not the laid back chilled person I'm like very on point very present very we get this shit done type of individual you know that's my corporate mode it's like I'm in a whole nother gear you know and I, I compare I use the metaphor of cars you know if a car is going at this rate you know if you're going at 20 miles per hour you're in a different gear than when you're going at 80 miles per hour okay and that's how I am you know so I, I was chilling with my homegirl. We laughing. My other homegirl had called us. And we were video chatting. And we were talking about our, our children because they're all in the same age group, 21, 22. I think her daughter is 22. So, yeah, they're all in that same age group. And we're like, yo, they be bugging. You know, that's that's the regular ones. And I'm not saying my son is not regular, you know, because, you know, he's extra special than me. But, you know, the ones who are not having the extreme challenges like he's experiencing, they be bugging too. So it's like, okay, you know, he have his challenges. But in reality, he's still basically doing the same thing that these other ones are doing. <laughs> you know? And... You're just like, yo, were we like that? And we're like, well, we really didn't have the opportunity to be like that because we were already, we were forced into, you know, adulthood because we decided to become parents at such a young age. So it was like, we didn't have that leisure, like, eh, I could go and do whatever because no, we got a little one. So we had, we had to stop and think before we made certain decisions, you know, whereas they don't have no children. They're just like, Psh, Man, I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna say what I want. Da, 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 da. You know what I mean? It's like what? You know, you talking. You you talking to the person who's actually looking out for you. Like they ain't crap. You know. So we was just you know bantering about that, and um, I had scheduled a massage. And my homegirl, she was coming to get one too, and you know, so you know, I was like, oh, relax mode. You know, it's just it's mommy time. It's, you know, me time. <laughs> and I get there and I get the phone call and I had to instantly go from um, low gear to high gear because, you know, I'm ready to relax. I literally was laying on the massage table in the buff underneath the sheet and my phone rang and I was like, what the heck? So I got the phone. I picked it up. And I laid my ass back down. Because <laughs> the phone originally was on the counter. I laid it back down. And this lady is, you know, she has no idea where I'm at. You know, she's just like, huh, I'm the, the medical doctor. And I have some questions, trying to get some information. And da 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 blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, here I am. You know, so I'm giving her the information. So I went from, again, my low gear to high gear you know at one point uh, okay yep this is what it is that's what any, any more anymore and then I realized that I was in high gear and I was like you know what ma'am I'm actually scheduled I'm actually right about to get a massage you know but the thing is <laughs> if you're a driver you know this already if you are in high gear you cannot if you put on the brakes right away, 
it's not gonna be good it's, it's gonna be like you can stop but you know if you're going real fast it's not so easy to stop as when you're going real slow you know so I my gears were kicked up and so therefore the lady comes in and I'm off the phone you know I couldn't like just pump my brakes right there it was like I'm in high gear you know, so I had to just take my foot off the gas. And me taking the foot off the gas um, involved me speaking. So I just was like speaking. And it was like, it was so necessary because she appreciated it. You know, thank God. Yeah, we, like God, this is God. This is God at <laughs> God's finest working because I could have had the same issues that my friend had. Or we could have had vice versa. And it would have went a whole different way. You know, but I was able to freely speak and we freely got each other understood because we're here. We have the same culture. You know what I'm saying? We have the same American culture that we share. It wasn't like, you know, she was a subculture from somewhere else. Not saying nothing, you know, because like, I appreciate the diversity of America, but it would have been challenging in that situation for me to speak as freely you know what I'm saying because I feel the other person just would have been like you know we would have not been on the same page or same wavelength you know what I mean whether they were a parent or not we just wouldn't have been on the same wavelength you know so I was able to really um, connect and speak freely and I'm glad that you know this my masseuse was able to to give me credible feedback, you know, and we we bantered together and it was a good freaking thing. You know, like afterwards it was like this is the best massage I've ever freaking had. Seriously though. You know, it really was. It was like whoa, you know, this this should be a thing. I know massage is supposed to relax you, but shoot, sometimes you need to relax, relate, and actually release. <laughs> And no, not in a happy ending way. No, not not that way. <laughs> it was good, and and I was like, she she appreciated it. I appreciated it, and her appreciation motivated me, and was like. You need to get back involved into your podcasting. You need to start sharing more because people need to hear what you what's going on. People need to hear it. It's one thing to see me. And then my friend, she confirmed it even more, you know, because I, I be doing work. I be doing work, you know, every and not like work, like manual work, mental work. <laughs> I do mental work every day. You know what I mean? And people don't get it. But I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like. If I am still, like, I'm in, I'm in having a still moment now. You know, I don't, I'm out of my traditional job temporarily. I took some time. I took some time. I'll be back either next week or the week after. Probably next week. But, um, anyway. I took some time. And so I'm just, like, being still. But this is what I'm doing during my stillness. Guess what? One of the things I'm doing a couple of things. So I'm doing a lot of self-care as far as conditioning my hair, doing little treatments on my hair. I'm doing body treatments. I'm getting into the jacuzzi with the Epsom salt soaks. 
Um, so I'm doing aromatherapy also with the lavender, um, doing skincare, you know. Um, but when I'm like just chilling, I'm watching cartoons. <laughs> and I'm happy about it. And you know what? That is important because it's about vibrations. You know, I got Golden Girls on now. You know, they're muted. Yeah, if we want to hear them, we want to hear Blanche of them, I'll unmute it. Anyway, you know, light, light, you know, it's lighthearted and it, it doesn't require any um, serious thinking. <laughs> you know, you have to gear it down. You cannot just let your mind just go, 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 go. You have to relax and recharge. And meditation is a good practice for relaxing and recharging. And but there's other ways, you know, and I don't knock meditation. I really like it. I really look forward to having my own meditation room and space where I just go there regularly. It's nice. It's orderly. It smells great. I have a diffuser. It's just everything. It's just wonderful and marvelous. And, you know, that's cool. But you got to make do with what you got. Sometimes you don't have that... Um, those those luxuries, you know, and you still have to take a pause and a break. And so, you know, I think I think many people do that through watching television, you know. However, for me personally, you got to be selective with what you're watching. You know what I'm saying? You can't put your mind into resting mode if you're watching some highly, you know, um, emotionally impacted show where, you know, you like all in it, like, you know, you know these people, because <laughs> it's drama, drama, you can't do that watching highly drama stuff, you know, you gotta watch things that are more lighthearted and funny, humor, humor is a magical thing, trust and believe me, I know it for a fact, so have some humor, have something lighthearted, you know what I mean, and it's a good thing if there's a lesson in it somehow, some way, you know, because they're that way you're kind of like giving yourself a triple mental vacation. You know what I mean? You're so reinforcing and supporting good choices, morals, you know, you're having a laugh and you're relaxing, you know, so th- those three things that you will be doing by being selective in what you watch, you know, um, the drama stuff is going to keep your mind going because you're trying to figure out what the plot is, who the plot, who are the people that's a part of the plot, who's doing what, because you know they keep you in suspense, so your mind is still kind of in full high gear if you're doing that. You might take your mind off of your personal issues, but you're not really giving it the relaxation that it needs and the recharge that it needs. Now, again, meditation is great to do that too because you're just 
quieting your mind completely and you're not listening to anything but maybe soothing music and so meditation is very good for that and that's why they are promoting it as a daily thing and as a daily mental maintenance and most highly successful people do do that on a regular you know but I just want people to know I'm one of the people who have had challenges with meditation um that this is another alternative you know so that's what I am doing you know and it's very important to do because you need to balance out yourself because being a parent is not a a one thing job that you're doing you know parenting you are taking on a lot of different jobs at one time you know and you have to be able to shift gears modify and adapt very quickly you know and I just want to encourage all of my listeners to do that for yourself and for the benefit of your family because they do benefit from you being healthy healed and whole you allow them space to be the same and I'm sharing with you because all of the things that I have went through you know for me to be who I am right now means that anyone can accomplish it and anyone could get to be the best version of themselves and that should be the ultimate goal for each and every individual here on this planet at this time because when we are at our best collectively we automatically naturally create best scenarios best opportunities best um companies best businesses you know all of the things that are going to be healthy and help our society and help humanity period um flourish and grow you know so it's important it's important and that should be the focal point and we gonna have more conversations about that instead of what's wrong what's right and how can we how can we make it even righter and better you know and don't look at what's wrong as something to discourage but to encourage and to propel you into doing and being better you know I'm not going to touch on any other topics. I kind of got away from the parenting, but I feel like self-care is a part of parenting, um, a very important part of parenting that needs to be stressed more. It doesn't matter how much time you take, but it's a consistent thing that you do because as parents, we're consistently caring for these other individuals. And even as caretakers, you know, some people who are not parents but are caring for others, you know, you're consistently caring for another person. So, therefore, you must prioritize your care. You know, don't put it off. You know, like, oh, I'll do it 10 years from now. No, 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 no. <laughs> you need to do it right away. It has to be done right away. It has to be done consistently. Like, you know, be like, up. Oh, I'll brush my teeth uh, in a week at that time. No, you do it every day, right? So you got to incorporate some type of self-care every day. Even if it's like 15 minutes you take to listen to a song or go in the bathroom and, you know, 
even taking a shower, you know, can be, you can incorporate your personal care as self-mental care too, you know what I mean? You don't have to be like washing and stressing, like, you know, what I got to do today? Oh, I got to do this today. today. Nope. Take that time. Heads up. I'm reaching my maximum time. Oh, keep your eye on the clock. I got a little red thing up here. I've never seen that before. Okay. It's only an hour. I have to speak to you people. So yes, self-care is important, people. Do it, especially parents. We need extra self-care because we're taking care of extra people. So take your time out on a regular, whether it's 15 minutes, whether it's 20 minutes, where it's a half an hour, and just relax. Tell yourself some positive stuff. You've got this. Encourage yourself. Take deep breaths and go back at it and be the best you in all your situations and expect the best to come because you are being your best wherever you are whatever you're doing do it with love do it with passion you have just listened to super tea podcast show and i appreciate you please subscribe so that you get notifications every time that i drop a new podcast and know that whatever's going on in this world it too shall pass. It has passed before. Let's let's prepare so that we can proactively avoid anything like this coming forward. We have the technology. We have the knowledge. We have the evolution. Let's put it to good use and know that there is an infinite supply of everything. So... Let's get away from that scarcity concept because there is no scarcity. You know what I mean? There really isn't. That's a misconception that people have used to manipulate and to control people with greed and with fear. And we got to stop doing that because, duh, that doesn't work. It works very short term and we need to start thinking more long term. 50, 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, 400 years from now. That's how we should think and that's how we should build and for that type of sustainability, for that and beyond. So with all that being saying, all that being saying, <laughs> y'all like my grandma? <laughs> with all that being said, be wonderful, be beautiful, and as parents, know how essential you are. So take care of yourself so that you take better care of your young ones and push forward if you must and trust your intuition and please be spiritually grounded god is good and awesome and god is within you you just need to tune into that frequency till next time thank you again for tuning in to the super tea podcast show